All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The Daily Faceoff podcast comes courtesy of The Nation Network. Here's your host, Brock Segan, with Dylan D. Berthium and Michael Biebs Bondi. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Season 9, Episode 25 of the DFO Fantasy Podcast, presented to you by Betway. If you're going to place a bet, bet on Betway. Please play responsibly on terror only, a must-be, a 19 years of age or older. I'm back. Your host, Brock Segan, is back in the saddle. Beebs and D, you guys locked it down without me last week. Um, I was able to splice in the audio, and uh, thankfully I was able to do that because my pickup was Gabe Velarde, and boy, has he been on a heater. But it's good to be back. The uh, DFO Fantasy Podcast admittedly uh, has been in shambles for the last couple of weeks. Uh, <laughs> I obviously had uh, my baby girl. And D decided to just up and leave and move to Toronto basically at the exact same time as I was having a kid. And, and yeah, and then Biebs was just locking down DFO. And then, so I missed a week. And then last week, my internet didn't work. And then this week, D comes home for, for Christmas and forgets his microphone in Toronto. So hopefully the uh, quality isn't too poor. But D, how's it going, bud? How's uh, life in T.O.? Doing good. Hopefully it doesn't sound like I'm underwater here. Um, <laughs> shout out to Apple for sponsoring the podcast and lending me a pair of AirPods. That was super nice of them. Yeah. Uh, but not doing, doing good aside from, um, you know, just being Mr. Forget Your Mic today. Um, real hit to the confidence, but we're going to shake it off and uh, put together a great show for the people because that's what we do. And yeah. how's it going, bud? 
Doing good. Um, yeah, after last week, uh, they're calling me Gary Payton because we uh, we put a clamp on that show, Brock. We took it over. We did well. But uh, I am so <laughs> – we're not talking ball here, though. But I'm uh, I'm ready for the holidays. I need to learn how to rap still at the age of 30. Um, it's embarrassing. But uh, but I think my family has turned that into, like, their own fun. So, uh, so yeah, we're struggling yet again this year. But, uh, but we're getting there. And I cannot wait to just drown all my foods and gravy this weekend. Um, and for the next week. So, so we're, we're a happy lad over here. Just do what I do, dude. Throw it in the bag. Don't kind of press anybody. Just, That's just call cool. it for what it is and throw together, you know, a little bit of tissue paper and, uh, some nice holiday themed bags. And no one's, I no have one's like a weird, fun. weird bag thing on Christmas. Cause I just bag every other event. So I'm like Christmas, I got to commit to the wrap. Um, and then yeah, every year, like we're like two things and we're like, yeah, we should probably figure that out, but you know, we'll figure it out. When, when I'm older, I'll, I'll learn maybe when I'm like 40 or you know rock's age jesus um <laughs> i mean maybe that will be true because i i have absolutely mastered the rap game yeah you're um, a dad yeah so it's, it's easy now it just comes naturally um all oh, right God. today's show is going to be basically fully about busts uh players that busted <laughs> from the draft process and what we think their outlook is moving forward do these players who you picked and have disappointed you thus far? Do they have reasonable expectation to bounce back in the second half of the season? We're basically at the second or at the end of the first half here, so still a lot of runway left. We're at the halfway point of the fantasy regular season. That is um, a lot of runway left for these guys to bounce back. And we're going to take a, a look at some of the most notable names that have not lived up to their draft stock, and and give you some hope. Hopefully, if you drafted them, and you're still holding on to these guys. Hopefully, give you some hope for some of these players that. Brighter days are ahead, and obviously if you didn't draft these players and we do think that they've got big potential in the second half, then they're clearly by-low candidates as well. So uh, we're going to go through them in order of ADP. We're going to get through them uh, as many as we possibly can, and we're going to start. Uh, we have a couple of first-rounders, which is really rough, uh, but Matt Kachuk is the first on the list. He was my buy low candidate last week. I wasn't uh, really here for you guys to hear um, a lot of my points as to why I'm interested in buying low on Matt Kachuk, but his ADP was 5.6. He's currently the 72nd ranked player in Yahoo standard scoring a differential of 66 spots, um, which is obviously horrendous. So uh, Matt Kachuk, five goals, 17 assists, 22 points in 31 games, playing 19 minutes a night currently. Um, much of the reason why I was, you know, really looking to buy low on him last week and still am now is the fact the fact that he's shooting 4.5%, obviously outrageously, outrageously low. And then the on-ice shooting percentage is just 9.3% as well, the lowest mark of his career. So you have to think the goals are going to start bouncing his way. You have to think that the assists are probably going to bounce back to a certain degree as well. Uh, but the goal scoring has really just been the issue for him so far this year. And that's still a line. Uh, with Sam Bennett and Carter Verhage mo more often than not, uh, that's generating a ton of scoring chances, generating a ton of high danger chances. And you'd have to think that Mac Chuck is one of the biggest second half positive regression candidates uh, going right now, because it's just nothing has gone his way so far. Uh, D you were, you've always been a bigger Mac Chuck fan than myself. Um, and I kind of ate crow a season ago when he was just unbelievable. How do you feel about Mac and Chuck moving into the second half of the fantasy regular season? Yeah, I'm, I'm on board. Like you said, he's an easy buy low target right now. Uh, the shooting percentage just jumps out at you. And it's not really a guy that we've seen struggle in terms of converting his chances at all in the past, right? The, the lowest he shot over a full season before outside of his rookie season uh, was 10.6%. And that was in the COVID shortened uh, 2020, 2021 season. So 
yeah, you're not too concerned about that bouncing back. I would expect sooner than later for that four and a half percent to get closer to the 12.4 he shot last year, 12.6 career shooter percentage. So that's where we should expect it to be. Uh, if he was at his career average, and obviously, you know, that that's a big if. He's obviously not converting at the same rate. That's part of it. But certainly when, you know, it's that big of a drop off, puck luck is a part of it as well. I and mean, if he was converting at his usual rate, he'd be somewhere around 15 goals and uh, 17 assists. So still a little bit. Uh, you know, underwhelming compared to what he did a season ago. Uh, but I also think a big part of that is their power play. They were uh, had the 10th best power play a season ago, currently rocking the 18th best power play in the league. And a big part of that being Ekblad and Montour's absence to start the season. So I uh, expect that to turn a corner sooner than later now that they got both of them healthy and back on the back end. And I would think Kachuk going to be one of the major beneficiaries. So yeah, not too concerned at all. Um, and I would expect, like you said, not just his own shooting percentage to improve, but that on ice shooting percentage to go up as well. Uh, expect the assists and the goals to get back to usual rates sooner than later for Matt Kachuk. So not someone I'm too, too worried about. And, and just like you, someone I'm looking to buy low on. Yeah. And another thing like you mentioned, the D men that just came back, Sam Bennett hasn't been here all year. He actually missed 12 games and, and Brock mentioned it. He's kind of attached to the hip to Chuck when they do play, they make a fantastic hitting line. Um, and it's kind of what makes it all roll, but he is back now and they are looking good. Um, it's insane to think that Matt could, to Chuck, if he kept up this pace, would only have 13 goals across the whole year. So I think you can kind of like kind of like we've all said, you can abuse that when you're looking into buy low options and kind of just really dig into someone that, yeah, you use your a very positive bounce back second half. And uh, yeah, if you can make any trades for him, still do it. Um, all things apply as to what Brock said last week and to uh, what he mentioned today. Um, and Florida is going to be a dangerous second half squad. Yeah, you have to think that Brandon Montour and Aaron Eckblad still kind of getting back into the swing of things as well. It takes a bit. And you'd have to expect some, yeah, major surgery for both of them, right? And you'd expect them yeah. to take a little bit of time to get back full health. And I'm assuming that this little Christmas break will probably be good for both of those guys. Um, next on the list is Jason Robertson. He had an ADP of 8.1, currently the 79th ranked player in Yahoo standards format. Uh, 70 spot difference from his ADP. Currently sitting here with 28 points in 30 games. It's kind of funny to be calling him a bust with near point per game production, but he's coming off a 109 point season in 2023. The real issue for Jason Robertson has been the fact that a traditionally dominant line of Rupe Hintz, Jason Robertson, and Joe Pavelski just has not quite been themselves so far this year. I don't know if it's maybe Joe Pavelski's age catching up to him or what it is, but they just haven't been quite as dominant. And then the power play was a little bit sluggish to start the year. It has caught fire as of late. And that's really led to a lot better production from Jason Robertson, Rupe Hintz, and Joe Pavelski. But um, I'm a little bit more concerned about Robertson in the second half of the regular season than I am with Matt Kachuk. I think, um, at least from a buy-low perspective, for one, I think you can probably get a bit of a discount on Matt Kachuk, where Robertson's numbers still don't look too terrible, where I think you'll still have to pay a decent penny to get him. But the underlying numbers at 5v5 do make me a little bit nervous. Plus, he's only playing about 18 minutes a night, where you've got uh, the extra minute to two minutes for Kachuk because the stars are so deep and like to roll out all three lines. So uh, if you had to pick a two, one of the two to buy low on, who would you choose? Beeps, we'll start with you on this one. I got to go Maddie TK. You nailed it. It's just all the things that are, you know, better fantasy signs. Like you mentioned, just a minute and a half of ice time in itself is massive when we're talking about superstar players that generate as much offense as both of these guys, both over a hundred point players. And I've proven that um, I think Robertson's more, a little bit better of a goal scorer. And we've seen that obviously um, this year, but I mean, 
to Chuck has five goals. Um, but yeah, this was my buy low last week. I think we're seeing a theme here that our buy lows are being uh, mentioned because these guys are uh, heavily struggling. But Jason Robertson in his last 13 games, he mentioned he's kind of, they picked it up. That power plays really picked it up. He's got 13 points in his last 13, five goals, eight assists. 31 shots um last week i kind of talked about it the shot production is not was not great but it's really picking up um and i don't want to um, um you know beat the same points but uh this is a guy who at the same time as much as i do like uh maddie tk more i still think if you can like you said get robertson at a cheap discount it's good and realistically everything i said last week uh his value actually might have gone up a little bit because he's had quite a good week so just uh yeah either way both of these make great buy lows um but the uh how do, how do you feel about this guy kind of kind of let you just go at him last week after i went too so sorry for taking all the j-rob uh you know party Be- there before we go to d here i just it's i'm i'm just dying here looking at this list that we've got in front of us and then every single goal update that comes across my phone is just somebody that we're about to talk about as a bus like it's just unbelievable just time and time again goals from from everybody points or everybody we're talking about today so basically every number that we throw at you in today's episode is uh is gonna end up being a little bit stale tomorrow but i guess this is why we typically record on a wednesday when there's like three games as opposed to a 12 game uh night on thursday but yeah looking at makachuk or uh, j-rob moving forward uh, well, I've always been more of a Kachuk fan, so I, I just think he has a little bit higher upside to the points you guys laid out. He just tends to eat more minutes and uh, get that much more opportunity than Robertson. I would like, to your point, Brock, see Robertson get some more time away from that top line. Kind of surprised they haven't really tried to break up that line in any sort of extended fashion to date. Um, they certainly have some more options now than they maybe had over the last couple of seasons. Wyatt Johnson in particular, I think, uh, is probably due for a nice run alongside Robertson. So, uh, we'll see if that actually happens. But Robertson, if if you look at the underlying numbers at 5v5, and again, to your point, Brock, has been uh, a lot better just in terms of the scoring chances created, high danger chances, and expected goals for uh, away from Hanson Pavelski this season. Hasn't been a lot. You know, he's got about 270 minutes with that top line and only about 80 minutes away from them. Um, but yeah, he, you know, there's no arguing that when you look at those numbers, he has been better at 5v5 um away from them and maybe that is what he needs to just afford himself a little bit more shooting opportunities because that's the big red flag right i mean uh he was up almost at four shots a game last year he's up now down below three shots a game this year and obviously um you know he's still shooting 13 percent, so it doesn't matter uh really you know to the extent of where he's shooting right now it doesn't matter um how well he's converting on his chances if he's only going to be shooting less than you know three times a game he's not going to sniff the 46 goals he put up a season ago so they got to figure that out yeah, they've, they've taken him off that line a couple times, but it's mostly just for like the second and third period of a game or something. And the next night, he's just right back up on that top line. And to your to your point, um, basically every single time they do that, they bump Jamie Ben to that Rupe Hintz line. And he goes with Wyatt Johnson. And it would be interesting to see what those two could do in a bit of an extended run. Uh, speaking of guys who are putting up numbers tonight uh, on the bust episode, uh, Tage Thompson uh, comes in. His ADP was 12.3. His um, Yahoo standard ranking at the moment before tonight was 163. Uh, so a differential of 150 spots in terms of his draft spot and, and where he is currently. Um, the Maple Leafs, or sorry, the Sabres are currently up 8-3 to three against the Toronto Maple Leafs. Tage Thompson has one goal and two assists currently. I think that's only factoring the first seven goals. I don't know if he got the eighth or not. But um Coming into tonight, he had eight goals, eight assists, 16 points in 24 games. Now, as you know, he's nine goals and 10 assists in 25 games. Um, There's a couple things here. I I do think that Tage Thompson 
buy buy low window is clearly closing uh if, if tonight is every any evidence but um i do think that there's you know room for him to improve here in the second half in the fantasy regular season first and foremost coming into tonight skinner thompson and tuck had only played about 60 minutes together at 5v5 uh tuck was hurt thompson's been hurt skinner's now was hurt for a few games now he's back this is the first time not just that top line but the sabers have been healthy all season so hopefully that getting that trio back together is maybe the push that Thompson uh, needs to improve here in the second half. Uh, last two years where he had tremendous fantasy seasons, shot 15 and 15.9%. This year at just 10%. The on a shooting percentage as well, 12 and 13% the last two years at 9% so far this year. So if the, if the metrics um, kind of work themselves out the way they have in the last two seasons for, for this top line, now that everybody's healthy, you would expect um, a much bigger second half from Tage Thompson. I was a little bit lower on him, um, it, you know, coming into the season. I, I I thought it would be a little bit difficult for him to replicate what he did a season ago, uh, but not to this extent. This, I you know, I do think that Tage is, is got a big second half coming. D, what do you think? Yeah, totally agree. I, I think we just need to see more of a run with that top line together. Um, and you know, they, they've looked good in, in terms of creating chances at 5v5. And like you said, it's only been about 66 minutes that the three of them have actually gotten to play together this season. Um, but they've created 14 high danger chances together at 5v5 in those 66 minutes and have scored on just one of them. So really that gives you an idea of, you know, just of how much aggression they're really due for. That'll uh, help out all of these guys kind of bounce back and on a shooting percentage together again, just 4.55% at 5v5. So with the talent on that line, you know, it's going to uh, balance itself out eventually. They just need more of a run together at 5v5. So uh, I agree. Um, you know, maybe Tage doesn't quite have the ceiling he possessed last year. I think uh, the stars kind of aligned a little bit on that one. But I uh, would not be surprised if we see at least his volume get back in terms of his uh, shooting and, and scoring chances to get back to where it was last season uh, if those three guys can stay healthy and stay on the line together. Yeah, I think one thing that's huge here that that not a lot of people think when talking fantasy is Tage Thompson missed a good chunk of time with a wrist injury. We watched a superstar last year, Austin Matthews kind of fight through a wrist injury all year, only put up 40 laughing. Cause I said only um, still put up 40 um, after a year of 60 the year before, but it does seem like Thompson, you know, is looking healthy again. He missed like, like I said, a good chunk during a peak part of the beginning of the year when a lot of guys' legs are getting going. Um, so like Brock said, that window's closing. And uh, yeah, you you want to jump in on that window right away. And I personally do as well. It kind of is a lot like Matthew TK where you can absolutely ride home the fact that someone paid a hefty, hefty, hefty draft pick for this, especially if they reached. Um, so hopefully, uh, hopefully grab them now. But yeah, I, I realistically, any name on this list, I'm quite excited about if I can snake them off someone. The next name on the list, we're not going to talk about him too much because I tweeted out the this list uh, earlier today, and I didn't have him initially on the list, but a lot of listeners pointed out that he should be here because he has disappointed to a certain extent. That's Kirill Kaprizov, drafted 14.8, currently ranked 53rd. So 38-spot discrepancy between where he was drafted and where he's currently sitting, uh, which is the lowest on this list. He's been better as of late, too. I do think it would be... Of the names on this list, he would be the hardest to on. If you're owning him, I think, or if you own him currently, I think you're feeling pretty good about what you've seen recently. Um, he had another two points in the first period tonight. 
I think that puts him over a point per game in his last 20 games, which is, you know, a lot more in line with what you expected. Uh, 75 points in 67 games last year, 108 points in 81 games the season before that. Uh, just another example of a guy whose shooting percentage just hasn't been where it had been in the past, right? Coming into the season was a guy that always shot over 15%, career 16% shooter, this year just 10%. The on-ice shooting percentage is fine, but his, you know, 17 assists in 30 games is, you know, is basically exactly what, you'd expect from him. It's just really been the goal scoring that's been somewhat disappointing. And I think there's a lot to, to kind of hang your hat on here and expect bigger things here in the second half. Um, it is crazy. 40 goals in 67 games a season ago. But I do think that this is a guy that has started to turn the corner a little bit. And I didn't really even want to talk about him. But do you guys have any quick points to add on on what uh, Kirill the Thrill has done recently? Just that Minnesota as a whole is like struggled offensively. They're 20th in the NHL. They're much goals. better it's... since the coaching change. Absolutely. Which is shocking because Absolutely. we did not like the John Hines <laughs> hire, but they have been much yeah. better. They've been red hot. Gustafson's yeah. looked great. But yeah, like hopefully they continue to play better. No, oh, one thing that's been great too, and it's kind of been while their D's just been getting dismantled, we've watched like Brock favor take a massive step forward and this is someone who's playing 30 minutes a night and they almost seemed like they they needed a player like this um Spurgeon kind of has taken a bit to come back so they really need someone to take that step forward and with that it really helps out the other guys around and, and it seemed to help out Cavers off they also have the 23rd ranked power play in the league I don't expect that to stay that way um with the unit that these guys are putting out so um so yeah you got so, Faber eating 30 minutes a night right now and then you got Spurgeon and Brodeen coming back I mean it's it's gonna be and Faber looks really, incredible. Looks super good. Yeah. Um, it's going to be a really good blue line there moving forward when, when they get back to full health. And uh, yeah, if, you know, I think the one thing that's especially interesting, D, I'm sure you were about to touch on it, is the fact that we've got Joel Erickson at Kaprizov and Matt Boldy playing together. This is something that we've, we've been hoping for, especially just Kaprizov and Boldy together. Um, as opposed to to kind of breaking those three up like they had been in the past, running each on a on a their own line. It's so much better to see Kaprizov not playing with Ryan Hartman and Matt Zuccarello. Yeah, I, I mean the center centerman in particular, right? They've kind of it's kind of been a bit of a revolving door for Kaprizov, and I, I think it's kind of um, impacted his ability to really find his footing. And I think you could ask any wild fan, any wild uh, beat reporter, and they would tell you the one. Um, issue that's kind of always been there with Kaprizov's game is kind of his defensive play and his, his play and um, getting in and out of his own zone. So I think pairing him with a guy like Eric Zanek, who's one of the better two-way centers in the league, uh, is really a perfect fit. And if you look at the numbers on the season, it really does line up that way. Uh, he's got 371 minutes away from Eric Zanek at 5v5, 94 with him. Uh, and just everything across the board looks so much better when he's playing with Eric Zanek down the middle. He's got a 75% uh, goals for percentage with Eric Zanek, 47 and a half without him 37 scoring chances per 60 with Erickson at 28 without him 17 high danger with him 12 without him so yeah every, everything to me just kind of points to this being the solution for them long term uh and I think you know they just complement each other perfectly like Erickson uh really great like I said getting in another zone and getting the puck in the right areas maybe doesn't have that high-end talent to really convert on those chances all the time so I think when you pair him with uh, a pair of, of really skilled and offensive-minded players and, and Boldy and Kaprizov. It makes a whole lot of sense. And like I said, it just seems like players who strengthen and weaknesses really complement each other. So I do think this is the answer moving forward. And, I, you know, you feel better about something like this sticking when it's a new coach kind of coming in and looking for a combination. And, and all of a sudden, we found some success. Yeah, they've played well enough 
in the short span of John Hines being there that you'd imagine that they are going to stick together. This does look, you know, Marco Rossi stepped up pretty nicely for this team, but this does look like a team that probably could use another center here, maybe at the deadline if they want to be serious contenders. Uh, Igor Shosturkin next on the list, 15.2 ADP, 117th ranked currently. Shosturkin has been pretty much mediocre all year. Like hasn't really had mm-hmm. even too many super, super good games. Uh, he's given up more than three goals on seven occasions in just 19 appearances so far this season. He does have uh, five games of just allowing one goal has yet to pitch a shutout. It just hasn't been exactly what you're looking for, but kind of to Shesterkin's credit, a lot of the top end goalies really haven't panned out. So drafting Shesterkin probably hasn't crushed you because other guys who drafted goalies early are probably struggling a little bit as well. It's been a lot more of the kind of mid to late round guys that have stepped up in big, big ways. Overall, 286 goals against average, 906 save percentage for Shesterkin. I guess the only concern, which if you asked any of us in the preseason would not have been a concern at all is the fact that Jonathan quick has been unbelievable for the New York Rangers. And he's going to continue to eat into Shesterkin's workload because there's absolutely no reason not to play Jonathan quick. If you're the New York Rangers, he has yet to lose in regulation this season. He is nine Oh and one with a two Oh nine goals against average and a nine twenty six save percentage. So if you can, if you can move Shesterkin on his name alone to try to acquire um, another top end goalie who might not have the same competition for starts, I would be in favor of that in, in a redraft league in, um, you know, keeper dynasty formats. I'm not moving Shesterkin, but in a redraft league, if you can get another elite goalie in return, you know, strictly based on Shesterkin's name, I think it's a move that you got to try to entertain because Jonathan quick is going to continue to eat into those minutes. He had, he's not going away. He is literally just not going away. I I kept thinking like, okay, after three games, I'm like, that's cool. Great story. After five games, I'm like, what's going on? After 10 games, it's like, fuck, is he here? Like, this is real now, I guess. So, uh, yeah, 926 save percentage. We haven't seen that from Jonathan Quick since 2012 when he had 10 shutouts. D, what do you think about Chesterton? Biebs, what do you think about Chesterton? Um, no, yeah. And, uh, for those of you at home, there are warmups going on right now. So we are, uh, we're just, we're just jumping over to me over here. I, uh, I actually think you should ride with Shesterkin if you have him. I don't think his value's ever been lower and it, it's clearly going to go up. Um, as I mentioned with a lot of like superstars like this, a lot of things come out in the wash. And I think he's one of them. Obviously, quick stepping in with those, uh, with that 926, as you mentioned, doesn't help anything. But realistically, uh, I kind of expect this just to flip. Um, I expect Quick for the second half to have the 903, and I expect Shostirkin to pull back that 926 kind of thing. Um, so I would, I would, I would honestly, um, if you had like a, like, would you trade a Cam Talbot if you had a Cam Talbot for Shostirkin right now? I'd probably try to make that offer happen, Brock. Like if I had I Cam know. Talbot, yes. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm thinking. Like if someone's willing, yeah. To I don't think anybody's gonna do. Bait. I don't think anybody would do that. I mean, it would be crazy. Mm. You, I mean, we've seen crazier things happen. Um, yeah. Certainly, yeah. if you could make that move, like I was the biggest Cam Talbot fan coming into the season, so I feel really good about how that played out. Um, if you could then parlay that into Igor Shesterkin, then that would be, be something in, in, in itself. But yeah, I, I think that that's probably not something that would be uh, accepted. But I mean, I, it certainly wouldn't be worth. Um, it's worth the effort. It's worth a try. See what happens. I know if I'm a Shesterkin owner, I'm probably not accepting that deal. What about you, D? Yeah, I uh, I, I would obviously agree. I I think like all you know, 
there's it's hard to really point to any underlying numbers in, in a goaltender's performance and really say this is why they're struggling. Um, I think a lot of times it's stuff going on behind the scenes that we maybe don't know about. And sometimes a guy just gets off to a slow start and he has trouble finding his confidence. And all, all we can really go off of uh, is goal support, which the Rangers are going to have a ton of, uh, and track record, right? And the track record of both of the Rangers goalies would tell me that Shesterkin is probably going to find his footing and improve his game as the season goes on. And I would expect Quick, especially the more work Quick gets at his age, uh, to slow down as the season goes on and kind of fall back into the form that we're expecting to see from him, at, you know, heading into the season. So uh, I think if you have Shesterkin, you, you know, there's absolutely no reason to trade him now. I can't imagine you get anywhere close to the value um, that he's hopefully going to offer you the rest of the season. So I think you just have to sit back and if you can, uh, look to make a move for Chesterkin, um, and, and maybe someone's getting a little frustrated. Uh, and maybe, you know, they have, I, I think the more likely scenario is maybe they drafted someone like Talbot. So they have a little bit of goaltending depth and maybe you can move a different uh, position a different sort of piece, uh, for Chesterkin. And maybe that's the play. Um, but realistically, if, if someone drafted Chesterkin, they're probably hurting in goal. So, uh, yeah, I, I think, you know, most people are going to want to hang on to the goalie that they, uh, invested a lot of draft capital into. But yeah, I think that's probably the one out is if they somehow kind of supplement the position elsewhere and maybe you can look to move uh, one of the overperforming scorers and skaters that we talked about last week on the, in the sell high segment, uh, that maybe that's the best route to take. We've also seen the Rangers play pretty well defensively so far this season, better than we've seen from them in the past. So you'd expect that uh, Shesterkin will certainly uh, be bouncing back and, you know, is regression coming for Jonathan Quake? You would think that it seems pretty likely, um, but yeah, it remains kind of to be seen if that ever happens. Um, if you're looking for kind of a, a some hope or some light at the end of the tunnel here, the last two games for Shesterkin, really, really strong in Toronto and in Boston. So two tough opponents, 945 save percentage in both those games. So maybe turning a corner a little bit. Alex Ovechkin. Now, I want to play a little game with you guys before we break down what Alex Ovechkin's done to date. I want to know who is going to shoot over 5% first. Will it be Makachuk or Alex Ovechkin? Because Ovechkin also shooting under 5% right now at 4.6% D. Before we get in and break down Alex Ovechkin's numbers, who's going to be over 5% first, Ovechkin or Makachuk? Ooh, I mean, it's a tough one. You don't want to bet against the grade eight. Obviously, um, you know, Ovi, 38 years of age, it's hard not to try to take that into account, but it, it would just be such a, you know, an unexpected drop off and, and really just sort of out of nowhere, right? He's been so consistent in terms of converting his chances over the last, I mean, seven seasons now, 13.8, 15.1, 15.4, 13.2, 15.0, .15 and 14.3. So for it to fall all the way down to 4.6, um, not totally unprecedented for him to struggle in terms of converted chances over the course of a full season, but we got to go back 13 years for it to have happened. Uh, 2010, 2011 season. That's when kind of everyone thought maybe the OV hype was uh, a little bit overblown and he fell off to a 32 goal season when he converted on just 8.7% of his shots, but we really haven't seen anything close to that ever since. So even despite his age, I think I'm going to lean, uh, towards OV on this one and, and just go with, you know, uh, what very well still like, might uh, end up being the greatest goal scorer of all time when it's all said and done. And uh, the, the biggest shame is that even just having an extended cold streak for this long, you got to think it, it really just does damage his chances, not in terms of whether or not he can bounce back, but he's just uh, 38 years old. You're on borrowed time and he's only going to have so many games left in it to try and catch Gretzky's record. But the surrounding cast is the biggest issue in Washington, but it's, uh, you know, even at his age, uh, I'm, I'm not going to bet against the grade eight. So I guess I'll go with Ovechkin, but uh, I would expect both these guys to turn around their shooting percentage for too long. Um, Ovi will do it first. Okay, that was easy. 
Um, um, no, it, it, no, literally for me, it's just, it's for Obi when it rains, it's going to pour. And, uh, I agree. I just, just wait, it's going to happen. Y'all, all the Washington beats who watch them daily are saying it. I mean, all that anyone is saying it, it's Obi. So he has um, one power play goal in that's so 30 games. That was the one thing that was never supposed Insane. to break about Ovi was people were saying like, he's going to play till he's 50. Cause he'll just sit in that spot and rip that one to you all yeah. for the rest of his life. Um, something's going on, but it'll fix it. Their power play is uh, one of the worst in the league. And it makes absolutely no sense. Like they still have enough talent on that top unit and Ovechkin to, to be good. John Carlson's got to figure it out as well. Um, so they got to, Together. He's been better lately. I mean, yeah. in in fairness, like for how bad Ovechkin's numbers are, that team is winning hockey games, and yeah. they're in they're the hunt. Well. Like they look completely helpless early in the season, and then they've been just picking up wins consistently, Charlie playing Lindgren, good defense, getting good goaltending. I mean, it has been pretty stunning. Um, yeah, if you can buy low on Alex Ovechkin, I think we're all in agreement here. The man has five goals in 29 games. He has shot 4.6%, still shooting the puck as much as ever. Uh, 109 shots coming into tonight in 29 games. If you extrapolate that over 82 games, that puts him on pace for 308 shots, which would be like the 900th time in his career. He has shot over 300 times. Uh, yeah, it would, it would be a lot. I, I can't count that high, but, um, it would be yes. good. Anything else out on Ovechkin? I mean, at the end of the day, like this guy is one of the greatest goal scorers of all time. He's not going to shoot 5%. I don't care how no, old we, he is. We're, we're seeing discussions of people saying in, in leagues that are certain sizes. If he gets dropped, OB. if he gets dropped in my league, oh. like I will, I'll break my fingers picking him up as fast yeah. as, I, as I could. Like it, it's insane. Hey, Brock, why, why can't you hold your baby? I broke my fingers I was trying to pick up Ovi off the waiver wire. Exactly. We're done. We're yeah. done. Yeah. Um, oh, I'd be the same. The whole, the whole, uh, DFO squad would just be IR broken fingers. Someone dropped over. No one's We're typing. On the same yeah. League. yeah. Uh, Timo Myers next 37 ADP coming into the season, currently ranked 293rd. Not great. Um, D was probably the guy who had the most reservations about Timo Meyer coming into the season. Um, I tried consistently to drop him in my rankings in the preseason. And every time I statted him out, I'm like, I just can't. He's a top 40 player. He has not been even close. Um, it seems like he's not 100%. And then the fact that he's only playing like 16 minutes a night, which D was your whole point uh, coming into the season, was just there's too many mouths to feed in New Jersey. And that's really been kind of what's happened. Uh, you know, he has not gotten an extended run really with Jack Hughes. He has played at times with Nico Heischer. A lot of times he's found himself on the third line and it just hasn't worked out. The shooting volume, um, the shot volume, excuse me, is not great. Uh, it's very similar to what we saw once he got traded to New Jersey last year. Uh, the shooting percentage at 7.7 is obviously something you expect to bounce back a little bit. The on-ice shooting percentage of nine, something you expect to bounce back a little bit. So I think there's hope. Um, but like at this point, you probably don't even need to worry about buying low on him because he's just going to hit the waiver wire in some leagues. Like people are, are ready to drop this man at a moment's notice. Um, I guess like I'll offer like my worst player on my team for him because he can't be worse than that. Um, I, I think there is hope, but you know, he's not going to return. What was he drafted? The start of the fourth round. He's not returning fourth round value at this point. He's a bust for this season. I still think you could pick him up on the cheap and he'll be fine. He'll be useful. 
D, you were the one that was really the most correct about him coming into the year. What do you think about his second half? We should really trust you the most, I suppose. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I I think you nailed it. Well, you alluded to it in terms of the shot volume being pretty similar to where he was at his, uh, a year ago uh, after he moved to the Devils. But really, the sat line across the board, right? It's not too dissimilar. He had 14 points in 21 regular season games with the Devils last season, sitting at 11 in 23 games this year. And probably the, the small difference there, you can chalk up the shooting percentage, but it's not that far off, 7.7%. Uh, this year to 12 and a half last year, he's a career 10.4 shooter. So um, to me, he's always been a volume shooter. And, you know, big part of that was all the minutes he would eat up in San Jose. And uh, we saw this coming last year and like, it was pretty obviously foreshadowed. There wasn't anything uh, major in the underlying numbers that made you think that, you know, 23 game sample um, there was anything or 21 game sample, there was anything fishy going on there and that we would see, uh, a huge improvement there. The only hope would really be that he would get more minutes, but yeah, there's just, like you said, too many mouths to feed in New Jersey and really no path. And especially right now, no path for him to get more minutes. I mean, yes, for Brad has just taken another step forward this season uh, and been every bit as good as he was last year. And um, you know, there's just leaving really no room at all. And then especially with the acquisition of Toffoli on top of that, um, who I think is just a more effective player all around and the Devils seem to agree. Um, so yeah, I think he, he's going to be in tough to, uh, improve much on what he did um, or what he's done up to this point and, and what he did with the Devils last season. I think it's just kind of um, he is what he is. Like I said, he's a volume shooter and he's, you know, really the only other time that he's flirted with half an assist per game. He's pretty fortunate from an on ice shooting percentage to get there. Uh, and again, needed a whole lot more minutes than he's seeing right now. So uh, yeah, I thought the ADP was a bit of a joke and that was the main reason I was so low on him coming into the season. Uh, I don't know if I would have quite envisioned it to be as bad as it is because, you know, you would expect with a guy like his talent to just kind of work his way up that depth chart a little bit, but it's just proven to be um, too deep and too big of a challenge for him to handle. So, yeah, I'm, it's not really someone I'm interested in. I, I think that, yeah, sure, if it takes no investment at all, then I'm, I'm happy to throw a flyer in on him and just see if he can work his way up the lineup a little bit. Maybe there's some injuries there that free up some extra time. I think Andre Collat is the one, you know, glaring uh, red flag in that top six that you could think Meyer could really supplant and, and get some extra minutes out of, but uh, it's going to be tough. Uh, and I, it's, it's hard to really uh, imagine a, a way forward for Meyer in terms of getting back to the production that he was putting up as a shark. The, the bust goal scoring tonight just continues. We have fixed every single one of these players. Alex Ovechkin just scored in overtime <laughs> to, to win the game. Um, I got That's it. Nice I, I probably trust him about 5%. I'm looking um, yeah, there it might put him over five. We, we might have figured out uh, right on the show, which would be tremendous. Um, I got a question for you, D, while we're talking about this, because I think this would put you in a real conundrum here. I'm looking at my team. It's a very good team, uh, I will say. I'm in, currently in first place. It's a shallow league. And I'm arguing okay. my worst player on the team at the moment okay. would be like Owen Tippett. Would you rather have Owen Tippett for or Timo Meyer rest of season? Like, if I could offer Tippett to the Meyer owner and first get them straight up, would you rather have Timo Meyer or Owen Tippett rest of season? Uh -huh. or are they basically the same to you? Because they are I very think they're similar. pretty similar. I would probably, I would probably rather have Meyer just because of you know that surrounding cast and Tippett seems to have a hard time earning the extra minutes that we think that he's uh, capable of, and, and it's on a worse team. So, uh, yeah, I think I would, I would still rather have Meyer just because if, you know, and I think really it seems like the best bet for that to happen is, is injuries, unfortunately, uh, which you never really want to prey on, but that, that's probably um, the likelihood of, of the situation just based on what we've mm -hmm. seen to date. Um, I, I like Tippett a lot, but for whatever reason, he seems to have a hard time earning those extra minutes. So, like I said, we think he's deserving of. 
so yeah, I think they're two really similar players in a really similar situation, but one's on a much better team. So I would rather have Timo Meyer. But yeah, I think that's a great comp, and uh, I think that's a great way to open a lot of people's eyes to maybe um, the the floor and the, or I guess the ceiling and the lack of floor that we're dealing with from Timo Meyer the rest of the season. Yeah, I, I I'm struggling on this one, fellas, because honestly, like one of them's gonna get. 200 shots and one of them's Timo Meyer. Um, and that that's something that kind of it stands out. But like you said, it's so hard to get attracted to a fellow when he's only getting 13, 14 minutes of ice. It took uh, it took OT for him to push over 14 the other night for the first time in three games. Um, but at the same time, uh, you know, we love Owen Tippett because he absolutely rips the puck. And uh, Meyer, just everything out there is kind of scary. Um, about him as we as, as we mentioned so i think i'd go team tip it but i might uh i just want to do that because it's fun um and uh and i've been high on this guy all year but yeah yeah tip it is uh come on john just give the guy like three more minutes and then make this decision easy for us but uh but yeah i think i'm i i, I it'd be really hard I, on a lot of, a couple of my teams i'm looking at my my bottom of the roster guys and i'm like mm, i don't know um so when it comes to the end of the day like like a guy like last week brock like you mentioned ryan o'reilly um as your your sell high would you rather have him or timu meyer because i'd rather have ryan o'reilly just for production all year personally yeah, I mean, he's playing so many more minutes, right? That's like, that's it, like yeah. a guy that's playing like 22 minutes. He's on the top power play unit. Like, yeah, I think that, um, you know, the fact that Ron O'Reilly's a strict center would be the only thing worth considering there. But I did fire off that Owen Tippett for Timo Meyer trade. I, I think it's worth the worth the gamble. Um, yeah. I do think it's hilarious the guy who owns Timo Meyer in this specific league. His team name is just Grumpy. So I don't know if it's because he drafted Timo Meyer that he's just Grumpy. So uh, hopefully. Hopefully it goes through at that point. Uh, next on the list, another guy who had a big night. We won't talk about him too much because we kind of touched on him already with, with Tage Thompson. But Alex Tuck, ADP was 51.9. His current rank is 176. Again, this is another guy that hasn't really been healthy, right? Missed some time. Now he's back. Uh, that full lines together. He had um, at least three points tonight, I believe. Uh, coming into tonight, though, he had nine goals, 11 assists, 20 points in 26 games. So his kind of bust and, and low rank has more to do with his... Um, injury than it does kind of with his production it's been pretty decent so far the i guess the only real issue for him is that the kind of shooting percentage on ice shooting percentage look fairly close to what he's done throughout his career so it's not like uh you know it's not like there's big red flags yeah. that, you know I, he's going to be better but um the fact that they're healthy like we touched about is, is yeah I, I think i don't think we need to go too deep into it because a lot of what we said about tage thompson just applies here i think you give these guys uh, an extended run at 5v5 together. And, you know, we've seen over the last couple of seasons how productive they can be. Uh, and I think that's a big part of it. Yeah, like you said, maybe it's not um, his production and the underlying numbers suggest it's not quite as good as it was last season. But I, I think a big part of that is just because he hasn't gotten a full run alongside Thompson and Skinner. So I think, uh, and you know, they have, it really looks like after putting up nine goals against the Maple Leafs that I'm sure they'll get a bit of an extended run together now. Uh, hopefully Jeff Skinner can stay healthy. Obviously, hopefully Tage can stay healthy. Uh, and I, I think that'll go a long way towards getting tucked back up around a point per game. Yeah. And his last 10 games, he's at 1946 time on ice. Those are, as we mentioned with the other guys, those are little things that kind of tend to really help make this stuff come out in the wash. And in those 10 games, he has four goals and five assists uh, while getting 28 shots on net. So that's a little bit better than what we've seen from him this year, just across the board in all numbers, a little bit more Alex Tucky that uh, we've seen in previous years. But yeah, 20 minutes on the ice with Tage Thompson and uh, and a healthy Jeff Skinner is a nice combo to, to bring it back. And even 20 and 26 really isn't that bad from Alex Tuck. Um, next on the list is the start of 
the boys just flexing and, and kind of patting ourselves on the back a little bit because all three of our bus defensemen coming into the season ha- are on this list. And the first was my bus, Charlie McAvoy, ADP of 53.8, currently ranks 252nd, uh, a discrepancy of 198 spots. So um, a lot of the things that I said in the preseason were correct. I was concerned about this team's goal scoring. I was concerned about this team's, um, you know, losing, um, you know, Bergeron and Krejci. I just, I, I figured the offense was probably going to dry up a little bit. This has never been a guy that has operated at an elite, elite level. Uh, obviously what he did in 2023 was great, uh, but it was the highest shooting percentage that he'd ever had, highest on his shooting percentage that he'd basically ever had other than a shortened season. So the red flags were there for me and I just really expected the Bruins offense to dry up and that has been the case and McAvoy does not rank anywhere near where he was drafted and I can happily say that I have him on zero of my rosters what about you Beats? the suspension and the injury certainly doesn't help um so you gotta hope that McAvoy kind of keeps it together here for the last little bit you do uh, I was gonna say the 17 points in 22 games really isn't bad production from him so it's where I think you could kind of snake him um off teams rosters if you if you need some defensive help right now if they're seeing that overall ranking they're like oh realistically he's not that far off of his career totals that we've seen in previous years with those numbers the 43 shots in 22 games it's it's actually better than what he was doing last year which is kind of insane um but that's a 160 shot pace just for that yeah absolutely and it's funny because he would have crushed his last year totals of 105 um he did miss so, a shitload yeah. of games last year though I, Oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah, but he he ended up uh, he only ended up missing 15 last year, surprisingly. So, so at that pace, I mean, he's kind of on pace to miss 15 this year as well. Um, so the 160 shot, not bad. But yeah, no, I I uh, I think people, a lot of people, this kind of happens every year. He gets drafted way higher than he should. So uh, yeah, things are this is the way it goes. And uh, McAvoy, I imagine with just a healthy second half, though, is going to have a, a pretty decent bounce back. So I, I wouldn't mind throwing some flyers at him. He's kind of always been hurt though, right? Like durability oh, is part of the huge concern with, with McAvoy and he's just such a better real hockey player. than He's never played player. 82 games like in his career and he's only ever played more than 67 once. That's that, that is glaring. We're talking about yeah. a seven year career here. So, um, you know, Aaron Eckblad, we, we've talked about before him. It's like health, same idea here. It's, uh, you know, you got to think about these things because clearly it's a, it's a trend, uh, do you, you got to be loving McAvoy as a uh, as a Leafs fan, right? Come on, come on. <laughs> I, I do think he's going to be a steady source of assists. It's just being the guy that tees up David Pasternak on the power play. Um, but, I mean, the big issue with McAvoy was the ADP and where he was going around. And I think it was a borderline top five defenseman. And his shot volume was just never really going to support that. You're not going to be an elite fantasy defenseman uh, shooting one and a half times a game, right? And he needs to... You need to really be able to contribute uh, in both goals and assists. And I, I do just think in terms in, in terms of his offensive output, it's always going to be so assist heavy that it's going to really limit him from kind of cracking uh, that top 15 D-man range. Like I said, I think he'll be solid, he'll be useful. And the points per game probably isn't going to be that bad. But yeah, the shots volume just isn't there to support uh, the goals that would make him uh, a top tier fantasy defenseman worthy of that uh, ADP of about 55. To make him feel even more busty, he was the number seven defenseman being drafted, and the number eight defenseman being drafted was Quinn Hughes. Ooh, <laughs> I mean, started like 12 or 13. Yeah, yeah. And Morrissey's been good. Hedman's been good. They've all been better uh, than McAvoy, and he went ahead of all of them. Even Miro Heiskanen, who is um, been a bit busty, but not quite as bad as Charlie. Uh, Nico Heischer, an excellent list. I think Heischer was kind of one of the other guys that I included on this list that was his, his name's basically on here because of injury. 
not really been uh, you know too bad um 15 points in 19 games I, it's really injury related i tried to avoid guys that missed extended period of times but uh he is 268 spots below his adp he was drafted 59th uh 80 or his current rank is 328th so um it's mostly injury related if you can kind of hone in on that and, and acquire him because people will see that horrible ranking, then sure. Um, the main concern for he is he's a guy that's played 19, 20 minutes a night throughout his entire career this year. He's averaging just under 18 minutes a night. So they've certainly gone more balanced. Jack Hughes is playing a shitload. That is a bit of a concern with he but but uh, he's still been pretty productive. He's still on the top power play unit. If people are ready to move on from him for, for less than kind of what they paid for him on draft day, I'd be fine looking to move for him. D, what do you think? Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss burrow's furniture is built for the way you live from ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for the award-winning seating they always have their customers in mind their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you and with burrow you always get fast free shipping get up to 60 percent off during burrow's memorial day sale at burrow.com slash acast that's burrow.com slash acast Burrow.com slash ACAST. Uh, yeah, sorry, I was on mute. Uh, I, I agree. Um, you know, I, I think to your point that um, the usage and the fact that they're going a little bit more balanced and probably dropping uh, Dawson Mercer at times to that third line center role and, and dropping Meyer there just gives them a bit of a deeper look. Uh, and really, uh, that Heuscher line has been uh, the ones to really suffer from. Like you said, they're still leaning on that Jack Hughes line heavily as they should. Uh, so yeah, he's just not going to have the same upside playing, you know, three less minutes a night. And that's just, there's no way to get around that. So uh, yeah, I'm interested in him in terms of the fact that I still think it'll be a pretty serviceable fantasy asset the rest of the season, but I don't think he's going to be able to match the production he had a year ago uh, playing that uh, fewer minutes. It is worth pointing out that um, the current line of Palat Heischer and Jesper Bratt has some of the best underlying metrics in the entire NHL at 5v5. So he should continue to be pretty productive at 5v5 as long as that lines together. And the good news is with this team is if somebody like gets hurt, right? Like they have Mercer, they have Timo, you're never going to be kind of without quality around you. You're always going to be surrounded by good wingers. And, and I do think Heischer is going to be a player to watch here in the second half. Um, Beeps, he usually is one of those guys, him and Stutzel, you always Notorious. write about him. Yeah, every year, big second half players. So uh, I'm sure you were about to go into that. No, yeah, you nailed it. I don't even need to touch it. But no, that's that's exactly it. And I think what it is is half the time he's just healthy in the second half, which is crazy. Even though he played 81 last year, uh, I believe the one game he missed was like early on too. So um, 
yeah, he sure this whole team, we're kind of seeing a trend here. We're talking about Meyer. We're talking about he sure uh, things, things have to be better, um, which is kind of crazy because Jack Hughes is, uh, is there, but yeah, Jack Hughes missed some time too. So these are other things that when, when pl- the player that's being, you know, compared to with Connor McDavid for the MVP of the year is being talked about um, and he misses some time that does affect the people around him surprising enough. Um, but yeah, like you said, 15 points in 19 games. I, uh, I personally, would be throwing trades for Heisher and actually did while D was talking. So <laughs> here we go. Last year after Christmas, 49 points in his final 48 games. The year before that, 44 points in his final 45 games. So as soon as Christmas hits, Nico Heisher takes off. He's part of uh, Swiss the gang. Swi- the, yeah, the Swiss army that we love to back. Uh, so yeah, Nico Heisher, second half is, is, is confirmed. He's a post-Christmas guy. Hopefully we see many good things from him. Uh, okay, Ilya Samsonov is next on the list. I was certainly the lowest on Samsonov coming into the season because I like Joseph Wall a lot more. And Wall went like in the last round of the draft. Samsonov went 76th. His current rank prior to tonight was 492nd. He might be in the 500s after tonight where he was uh, demolished yet again. He was pulled. 5, he gave up. What did he, what did he give up tonight? Let me pull it up. Um, he gave up. Where are you? This is taking longer than I anticipated. Um, Ilya Samsonov gave up five goals on 19 shots tonight. It's a 770 or 737 save percentage. Gross. Um, Yeah, he's given up a lot of goals. They showed him like really sad after he was pulled. He just looks like a guy with absolutely zero confidence right now, which is tough to watch. Um, He has given up. At least four goals now, seven times this season. He's started 14 games. That's not good. Um, yeah, like there's just really nothing you can say. D, you're a resident Leafs fan here. Like, if you have Sam Sonoff, you're probably dropping him at this point, uh, or at least holding him and being very selective with your matchups because he's not going anywhere with Wall Hurt. He's their number one. Martin Jones is not well, going anywhere. I mean, Jones is playing better than Samsonov right now. And as a Leafs fan, I'm hoping and expecting them to go back to Jones next game. So, I, yeah, I don't really know what we're holding on to at this point. Like, obviously, uh, he showed last year and in the past that he has the talent to, to flip the switch and just kind of figure it out. So it's enticing not to drop him. But at the same time, like, how often can you just let a guy keep burning you over and over? And, you know, to me, I, I do think I'm going to drop him. Uh, I'm out of ads in the one league that I do have him. So... Uh, I guess we'll see. I doubt he gets another start before the break uh, with the Leafs having just one more game on Saturday. So I would expect Martin Jones to be a net for that one. Um, and yeah, I, I do think I'm going to look at dropping him going into next week because, uh, uh, you know, be selective with your starts. I mean, against Buffalo and sure it's on the road, but you know, there's probably about 10,000 Maple Leaf fans in that building tonight. So it's hard to imagine a, a much cushier matchup uh, to slide him into your lineup and he just continues to burn you and, um, you know, even if he does, you know, seem to figure it out a little bit, it's obviously just going to be Joseph Wolves net at this point by the time he is healthy. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, yeah, to your point, you know, you were low on him because you liked Wall so much, but I don't think any of us could have anticipated him not even able to hold the job over Martin Jones if Wall wasn't uh, healthy at any point in the season. And that's where no. we're So, yeah, like I, 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 I liked. I disliked him basically only because you. I expected it to be a 50-50 split and you could get Wall at the end of the draft and you actually had to pay for Samsonov. Yeah. I never expected Samsonov to be anywhere close to as bad as he's been. Um, last year he had, what, a 920 save percentage? 919 mm-hmm. save percentage. Like He was solid last year. 
And they, I mean, it has just gone completely the other way. Like he's, he's like full Matt Murray in this thing. Yeah. You but know? he's also a guy who's had a history of being shaky in the past, right? He had, you know, he's underperformed for full, underperformed for full seasons at a time. Um, had some really poor stretches last year, had some poor stretches in the postseason last year. Um, so yeah, it's, I mean, I, I, I would not fault anyone for dropping him. Like I said, I'm, I'm probably looking at doing the same because I, I, I think if any value he does have is going to go out the window once ball returns because they have no reason to, uh, you know, really look for any split time. And I, I think they're going to really be looking to to wave him or move him before the end of the season and maybe get some other for, sort of reinforcements there if they're worried at all about the durability of Wall over the course of the season because I don't see how this front office can look at him right now and um, think he's going to be any sort of uh, – contributor towards any any sort of postseason run um moving forward so yeah he's in he's in a terrible spot his confidence has clearly just gone out the window uh and i think every manager's confidence in him fantasy manager's confidence in him uh should be right there as well should they trade him to edmonton for jack campbell if the oilers retain <laughs> on jack campbell <laughs> no because one of them is on a one-year contract yeah uh, i was gonna say who would have thought the leafs best signing in the offseason would be signing Ilya samson off to a one-year contract because that way they could get rid of him uh but that's that's, that's kind of what we're seeing here um detroit can use a goalie right now Jeez. yeah well one that's healthy um yeah i'm a little worried rhymer if rhymer goes down they're just they're throwing me in net boys so uh pick pick it up Um, i don't think he has any trade value like if ranta doesn't get claimed at one and a half i i I don't think i don't think anyone's given up any sort of assets for samsana that no chance yeah he'll be waived and see you later see it'll be the same thing as ranta like ranta's been just as bad yeah, and then let in three goals on 21 in his first AHL game. So that's a blow 900, boys. Yeah, um, yeah no, it, it, what's kind of hilarious just about the game today is that Buffalo clearly just lost to Columbus 9-3 the other night. So now the Leafs are going to smash someone 9-whatever on Saturday. So it, it's in the cards. It has to happen, right? That's just the way it works. If the Leafs are playing a team with a sub-500 record, you bet the team with a sub-500 record. If the Leafs are playing a team with a plus-500 record, you bet the Leafs. Like That's just how it works. They do not beat bad teams. They haven't this year, at least. Not Super frequently. Team. And then the good teams, they go and they just beat the shit out of them. It's wild. Um, all right, we're going to move through these names now much more quickly. Um, D, I believe you were very low on this next guy. I, we all were, but D, you were especially like, this guy sucks. I was going to say, basically. who wasn't? Uh, Jamie Benn, ADP of 76.8. Looking back at that is laughable. Um, we did talk about him as a bust, so good for us. Current rate is 177, so 100 spots lower than he was being drafted. I do not think we need to talk too much about Jamie Benn. We did not like him in the preseason. Every reason why we did not like him in the preseason is why we do not like him now. He's playing 15 minutes a night. He has 20, 21 points in 30 games, which isn't the worst, but he's only scored five goals um, and just not shooting enough 43 shots in 30 games. There's just not a lot to like here. Um, even not even, he's, he's below a hit per game. Uh, which is not something we ever really see from Jamie Ben. So there's just, there's just like, there's nothing to like here. Vitek Vanasek, um, another goalie that uh, I was lower on. Um, I don't think any of us were totally in love with him because we were all pretty big believers in Akira Schmidt. Uh, similar to Joseph Wall, I liked Schmidt uh, much later in the draft, and I liked Vanacek where he was being going. Uh, he was 80th overall. He's currently ranked 282nd. It's been a bit of a struggle for him. Uh, Schmidt started tonight against the Oilers and got lit up, which everybody gets lit up by the Oilers. But overall, Vanacek, uh, 330 goals against average, 883. I would, you know, if I had to pick between the two, if I had to own one of them moving forward, uh, I would choose Vanacek over Ilya Samsonov. But uh, Vanacek is going to be difficult to roster if he continues to struggle. This is a team that is very good. It's a very good defensive team, and he just cannot seem to figure it out. 
Uh, he's been very streaky. He has been better as of late. His last three starts have been marginally better than what we've seen from him. So I do think there's hope. If he hits your waiver wire, I think he's worth the flyer. Um, but he's not like really worth creating any tangible assets for right now. Gave up four more tonight. Oh, Came Schmidt in. got pulled. Yeah, after Schmidt got pulled after giving up two on six to Edmonton, by the way, for those of you back home. Oh um, and then in came Vitek. Um, and this is for the team with just the most struggling goal tenures we've seen since Carolina this year. Um, and then Vitek gave in four on 32 shots. They must be just losing their mind watching Mackenzie Blackwood make 51 saves in San Jose. Like, there's like, what is happening? Or like um, anyone, like Calvin Picard, play good, and then they're like, we have this. What, yeah. What's happening? But no, it, it literally it felt like the Walmart Maple Leafs version, and that's kind of what we're getting. Um, because going in, it was like I'd rather have you know that Leafs Samsonov wall combo. But mm-hmm. if you do get the Vitek and uh, and the Akira, then you know what, that's fine. Um, but yeah, no, this is this is uh, this is scary, and it's uh, falling quick. And they are committed to Vitek for a few more years, a good chunk of money. So yeah, I don't know. D- you are you Dougie confirming Hamilton goalies had... for us? Okay, we can move on. Yeah, I was going to say one big thing is that Dougie Hamilton is out for the rest of the year. Um, so yeah, that's help. a big loss for them. Yeah. Simon Nemich coming in has been. I'm confirming the Sharks blue line, so it's like you know. Yeah, oh, is Jan Ruda in? He is, but Kalen oh. Addison is not. Oh, Kalen Addison Ooh. is out. So is Jacob McDonald in? I would assume so because Black these are the on the ice. These are the but... fun conversation. This is you're getting a behind the scenes look of what it is like to work but at they Daily Face up front a lot. So I'm trying to. No, see he played. He's been on the blue line with Kalen Addison. I'm so having deja vu to just Columbus lineups last year when they had 501 right. games missed the player injury or whatever the hell. It yeah, was. terrible. Yeah, McDonald's Jacob, Jacob McDonald should probably be on PP2 as well. This is what it's like to work at DailyFaceOff.com. Welcome in yeah. to Insider. behind the scenes. Uh, it is it is fun t- fun stuff when you have to sit up late at night until 10 10 p.m. waiting to see if Jan Ruda and Kalen Addison will be in the Sharks lineup in Arizona tonight. Fun fun stuff. Um, Okay, Andre Svechnikov, who is one of my sleepers. This is maybe the one spot we have been lacking a little bit uh, on this show, but I'm I'm not worried about Svechnikov. You can get him for cheap. Like, let's go. Um, 12 points in 17 games. He's shooting 4.4%. He could probably, if Ovechkin got over 5% tonight, then we'll bet Who's going to get over 5% next? It will be Matt Kachuk or Andre Svechnikov. The metrics are, are all underwhelming. 4.4% on a shoot percentage is like 8. Uh, the shot volume has been solid. 45 shots in 17 games. He obviously uh, went out of the lineup again. Um, and they were like, were pretty ominous, eh? Like their updates were like, he could, he he's, I don't know what's going on. Like he's got to go yeah, get an MRI. Show? And I was like, holy shit. Like, is he, did he tear his ACL again? And then it was like, no, it's an upper body injury. I'm like, okay, so he's fine. I was scared, but he's back. And yeah, like people, if you, if people use daily face off and go and see that he's only like the third or fourth line, like he was the other night, like they might be like, what's going on? Let's trade Svechnikov. Um, he's a guy that I think you can get super cheap. He's got two goals. We're in Christmas. So uh, I had a guy happily... actually like pull me aside in public the other day and be like, Hey man, like, what do you think of Svechnikov being on that? Like fourth line. And I'm sitting there I'm like, dude, I'm, I'm just, I'm just going, I'm just, well, he knew who I was obviously. And then, and decided to add, and I was like, I don't have any answers. Like, I don't think anyone does. Um, so if he's not asking team. questions like that, then you know, you got to abuse that. Absolutely. Yeah. You can get him for so cheap. Do you get him for cheap? Just nod your head. Eh, not really yeah, feeling. Yeah. Andre Svechnikov. 
He's on mute still. All right, Obviously. moving on. Um, no, it's I, I think the issue is <laughs> that show. he's played well on that third or fourth line, whatever you want to call it, and Stefan Nason has played really well on the top line. So I just think it might take him a little bit to work his way back up the lineup. So I'm a, I'm a little bit concerned there that the usage might not work its way out. Apologies. Yeah, I'm going, I'm going I, back I think, to scratching uh, Mark Edwards. Jan Ruda. I, I think Nation is really fitting well with Aho. Um, I think the real spot for him to move up would be replacing Michael Bunting on the Cockney Emmy Netchass line, which is a line that we saw play together at shitload last year. Um, I, I, I was watching, speaking of Stefan Neches, I was watching, uh, or Neshin, uh, I was watching the Hurricanes the other day and one of the Hurricanes, uh, announcers said that they think that Neshin should be an all-star this year, which I thought was very humorous. It is Nation, oh. by the way. I had to look it up last week because he was on streamers and he killed it by the way. If anyone streamed him, you're welcome. Yeah. Yeah, he did. It was, it was, it was good. Um, yeah, he's probably not an all-star. That's like, as, that's as funny as when no. Troy Terry was going to win the heart. <laughs> Great times. Um, Okay. Next Brady couple Gaddy. guys, Johnny Gaudreau, ADP was 86.4, currently ranked 215. Um, another one that we probably liked more than we should have because he's not been very good. Uh, he's just got six goals, 20 points in 33 games. I mean, there's no, there's nothing to suggest that it's going to get much better. No. He's not somebody I'm looking to target in a trade. No, and I also was pretty high on line A. And yeah, he's been I don't even year. know why I just brought that up. Because there's just yeah, so just, many like good young players in Columbus that are stepping up and they're playing big yeah, minutes. Ken and Johnson's and it's, been and, phenomenal lately. Yeah, Ken Johnson's been great. Kirill Marchenko is an absolute stud. Igor Chinikov's been great. Like, there's just you know, they're not going to be sitting there just feeding Johnny Goudreau 20 minutes a night like we thought they would because they didn't have depth. All their young pieces are developing nicely, and he's going to be offering around 18 minutes a night. Their most recent game, they won 9-4, so that doesn't really count because they're giving the young guys minutes. But he played 14 minutes that night. Prior to that, he played 17 minutes. Prior to that, he played 15 minutes. I mean, it's just like, it's not going to be consistent all season. He's not going to score a lot of goals. Yeah, Justin Danforth was his center last week, so take that how you want. Well, Adam Fantilli and Justin Danforth. Yeah. yeah it's, they, it's just, well, they keep burying Fantilli. It's the worst. It's like, why is he on the fourth line today? What are we doing here? That team, shockingly, probably would have been better if Mike Babcock hadn't have been a weirdo. You know, we'll blame that. We'll blame the before we thought they were going to be great with Babs, but we didn't we didn't see the firing coming. So, no, nope, not on us. Can't be on us. Never on us. Uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois is next. Um, again, I did not like Pierre-Luc Dubois in the preseason. Um, I'm pretty sure I, I said it last week in my spliced in audio that I'm like 95% sure when we talked about Pierre-Luc Dubois. I said I wouldn't be shocked if Gabe Bellardi has a better fantasy season than Pierre-Luc Dubois. And I was I've been right. But then I also drafted Pierre-Luc Dubois in the league because Dylan convinced me that he'd be fine. Because Dylan said, if you give up that many assets, there's no way they're going to just continue to give Kopitar and Deneau 20 minutes a night. And that's exactly what they've done. And in fairness, Kopitar and Deneau's lines have been unbelievable. And Dubois is left to play with a rookie and Arthur Kaliev. And he's playing like 13, 14 minutes a night. He's been absolute deep-fried ass. He has 12 points in 29 games. I might even had him... On, on a bust or he was just mentioned when I was talking about Dino, but yeah, no, he has been deep fried ass is a nice way to put it. Brock. Uh, I would take deep fried ass over PLD on my roster. He is uh ADP was 89.3. He's currently ranked 341st, uh, 251 spots lower. Jonas Corpusalo. Um, okay. Um, again, I, you know, I, I was right about Dubois. I was wrong about Corpusalo. I thought that Corpusalo getting out of Columbus, moving to LA and playing very, very well. Obviously, he struggled in the playoffs. Maybe that should have been the red flag. Um, moves to Ottawa, where they just suck. Um, they're just bad. He's just bad. Yeah. I don't want any part of it. 
Yeah, I, I, I'll take credit on that one. I believe he was, uh, he was potentially one of my, uh, my higher up goalies. So we, uh, yeah, you know, we, we, as they put it, we shit the bed on this one, guys. Uh, but that's why goalies are voodoo. Crushed it across the board otherwise. But His last four starts, he's given up four goals, six goals, four goals, four goals. It's good. Stuart Skinner. The, maybe the coaching change helps him. Maybe. maybe not. Stuart Skinner is next on the list. Um, I mean, who would have thought that owning Edmonton goalies this year would have been an absolute travesty? The good news about Stuart Skinner is he wasn't the biggest bust on his own team. That's obviously Jack Campbell, who went pretty early too. Little uh, victories, baby. Campbell started out the season just absolutely dreadfully. Uh, his first uh, eight games, he had an 854 save percentage. That's not good. His last 14 games, he's 10 and four with a 902 save percentage. That's better. Yeah, I mean, no, I, I think, I think, I mean, it's, it's weird that like the buy low window has is closed on him. Like, yeah. it's been. I, don't know, I, I just find it weird that he's played so bad, but he's realistically like kind of gotten value all star last year. Yeah, yeah, 24 year old all star native of Edmonton, too. He's playing for the squad. Um, but no, it, 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 I find it wild. Like, you know, he plays terrible. Campbell obviously plays even worse, and Skinner kind of gains value out of that because it's not like Calvin Picard and his 905 or whatever. Picard's actually been okay for them, shockingly. Yeah, that's well, that's when it. he that's was in Detroit, he was down. horrendous, but yeah, he's been horrendous in a lot of places, so it's kind of mm-hmm. good, good yeah. for Calvin. But yeah, Stuart no, Skinner. I, Stuart Skinner's looked a lot better. He's looked a lot more like the goalie that we thought he would be. I think he um, makes a great buy low right now. Like if you I can, just don't if know if his values is like his values. Now people have caught on. There's no way his values as low as it was. I mean, oh, yeah, he's a fine. He's a fine buy low, I suppose. But like, you, you still have to give up like, a decent. Like the you have Stuart Skinner in a couple leagues. Do you not? I do. Uh, I do. I'm trying to think how many. I think still two. So you traded I I had him in three, and I traded him for Kairou. Which I'm fine with, um, yeah. Kyrie like, but Kyrie's a de- decent yeah. coaching change. Yeah, Kyrie's a pretty decent asset. Like, had a really good stretch up- there. I don't know if you guys touched on that. I've been uh, yeah. We did. He's been yeah. Nine oh two save percentage in his last fourteen games. He's ten and four. Yeah, and That's then obviously team. it was a really nice stretch before the last few games, right? And yeah, uh, the last I mean, two games think, have been brutal. I don't think Calvin Picard is a huge threat um, to Should his be. job, and um, yeah. I mean that this is my point coming in the season. Like Skinner to me won the job last season, and you know. He's not the best goalie in the league, but over the course of the season, he seems to be able to deliver you above average goaltending, which should be all this team needs. At least in the regular season, they might make to look or they might look to make a move at the deadline. Uh, but yeah, I think he's clearly the best option they have in goal. Um, and to the point, you know, I liked him a lot in the preseason, but it was because I thought he would rack up the wins, which has happened since the coaching change and since he's kind of figured it out a little bit. So I think that's going to continue to be the case. Obviously, obviously he's not going to deliver you the best splits. He's not going to give you the best save percentage or best goals against average because uh, it just doesn't seem to have, at least at this point in his career, you know, he's still relatively young for a goaltender, but doesn't seem to have that top tier talent, but he definitely has that top tier talent scoring goals for him night in and night out. So yeah, I think he's going to be a consistent with that. He, he's really solid um at what he offers you but you just kind of got to temper your expectations and know that there's going to be some bad starts mixed in there he's much better in a points league than he is a categories league because he's going to get wins yes he's going to rack him wins okay next on the list another one of our defenseman busts in the preseason this guy was d's bust uh tyson berry adp 109 current rank 481st 371 spots i'm worse than where he was drafted seems impossible uh yeah he's been a nightmare he has one goal. He has 10 assists. He's 11 points in 28 gets games. Healthy. He gets healthy consistently. He's on the trade block. He has probably the most nicknames in the NHL, according to hockeyreference.com. TB2s, T-Beauty, T-Bearcat, T-Bear, Bear, Bears, Ties, and Brutus. So Who's many making nicknames. these up? 
Yeah, Nobody's dude, calling them Brutus. <laughs> T Bear. You yeah, know, I like TB2s. I like that one. Yeah, TB2s is good. You know what, though? So his name is Brutus. Maybe it's pronounced Brutes. Maybe we came up with that one because he's brutal. I think that's what happens when a guy's name ends with the E sound and the you know hockey players can't just add the E sound to, to their name and, and make that their nickname. They just really have a hard time settling on one. So yeah, um, they could have just called them Barry. Either. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Nice. Bearsy. Bearsy. Ticey. Don't say yeah. it too many times. It's going to show up on his page. Yeah. I like yeah. TV2s. Yeah, TV2s yeah, is good. TV2s is garbage, man. I, I, I mean, I talked about it before the preseason, but yeah, he's a guy that's always is just garbage, been... man. <laughs> I thought he's he was always, talking about the name. I'm like, we're saying it's sick, it, dude. But no, he he's him himself. consistently been in just amazing situations to produce as as a you know a power play quarterback. And obviously, that's not the case in Nashville. Uh, playing with their second unit, if he's lucky enough to even crack their lineup. So yeah, he's someone I thought that would be you'd want to drop uh, within the first few weeks of the season, and that certainly came to fruition. And looks like the Predators want to drop him now as well. Um, so yeah, there's there's uh not a, a real great path forward unless he is to get traded somewhere where he's going to be manning a decent power play unit. Cause uh, yeah, TB two is uh, not it. Imagine if you could just drop players in the real hockey, like you could in fantasy, <laughs> just drop. Oh he man. Has, he gets picked up off the, off, off the, yeah. yeah <laughs> like, like there is waivers obviously, but it's just so funny that you, I don't know. It just seems, no, way, just someone, seems way more. Someone else has to take him from you though. You can't just. Yeah, exactly. You can't just, yeah. Well, you can, but there's consequences. Yeah, you can't just send them to the abyss and be like, yeah, we're done with this guy. Um, okay, Andre Kuzmanko's next. Uh um, Speaking of the abyss, um, yeah, so he has no he has no nickname, so we're just gonna call him Kuzi. Kuzi. Wow. Yeah. He yeah, has daddy. He has 17 points in 29 <laughs> games. He scored 39 goals a season ago. You know, I for one am shocked that he couldn't maintain the 27.3% shooting percentage from this season ago. Especially if they move to the fourth line. I thought that would really unlock his potential. Yeah, yeah, of course, right? You're like, oh, man, this guy's terrible. Let's move to the fourth line. That'll work. Yeah. You got to include the coach coming out and just blatantly saying, yeah, he's just not working hard. Um, Like during his first scratch. So I imagine that just makes him feel better. Um, But no, I think your best value here is hoping he gets traded because that's apparently what's going down. Your best value is to drop him. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, the guy Even gets like GM, one shot like, you every cannot three be happy games, about but... talking either scratching him or playing him on the fourth line. Like that's not that's not how you uh, kind of pump up the value of a tradable asset. And I understand like the Canucks are contending right now, so you know that's not Talkett's concern. Um, but I mean, I would certainly be looking to play him with Elias Pettersson, who you know even had some success with him early in the season. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't think uh, Kuzmenko is going to give you or you're not going to get the best out of him playing him on the fourth line. And uh, if you're concerned about a guy's two-way play, I don't think sticking him with the likes of Amon and PDG and Sam Lafferty is really going to be the the answer there. Probably just put him on uh, a line with a playmaker and get up and down the ice by himself like Elias Pettersson and, and, and feed because uh, who has a great shot. But yeah, I don't, I don't know. Like I don't really understand uh, the approach to it. I mean, we're not in the locker room, but Kuzmenko quite clearly is what he is and he has his strengths and there are certainly ways that he can help the hockey team. And yeah, fourth line is just not going to be that place. I don't know. I don't know. It's weird. Yeah. Do you, do you think, think to yourself, do you want a guy on your fantasy team who's getting healthy scratched for PDG? I don't think, yeah. I, I don't know. Here's the craziest part about Kuzmenko is okay. Yeah. Obviously he shot 27% last year. Um, But like, Right now, he's at 17 points in 29 games. He's still shooting close to 15%, and his on-ice shooting percentage is 15%. Like, it's as, it's as good as it gets. 
and he's been terrible. So, yeah, there's no reason to be rostering this guy at this moment in time. Um, if he gets back in the lineup, he gets back on the top line, he gets top on the back in the top power play unit, and he starts picking up points again, then, yeah, you can pick him up. But, like, at this point, like, there's no reason. Like, we liked him last year because he was an end-of-the-draft dart throw, and it worked. He shot 27%. He was Kirill Marchenko. Now he's not. Like we all thought. Jonathan Huberto is next. He sucks. Yeah, What's terrible. I have... Ugh. He just sucks. He's just not good at hockey. Here. He's just not good at hockey anymore, obviously. Igor um, Serengovich is good at hockey. He's the new Hubrio. Yes, of course. Naturally, that's exactly what we all expected. Coming into tonight, here's what Jonathan Huberto has done in his last nine games. You guys ready for it? Zero goals, yeah. zero assists, nine shots on goal. Oh, you should have warned me before you dropped those not safe for work numbers, Brock. Oh, God. No points and one shot per game in his last nine games of hockey he has not scored a goal since november 20th he's gone a full month now without a goal he has three assists and 21 shots in his last 14 hockey games he what are we doing here what are we doing here this would be a terrific time a terrific time to pull up cap friendly this is a ricky romero like draw here we go jonathan huber is making I clicked on the Florida Panthers. Jonathan Huberto <laughs> is making $10.5 million per year. Oh, God. oh let's remind oh. everybody that he is in the first year Man. of a eight-year, $84 million contract. Eight <laughs> $10.5 million. He has a no-movement clause until 2029. At that point, he is a partial no-movement clause. I mean, so I'm like, sure he'd be happy to wave it to about 20 teams. Right he would, oh, he'd, he'd wave it in a heartbeat, no doubt. Yeah. But he, he has... Like weighed, weighed down he has, by his heavy pockets? Like what He heck? is pointless in his last nine. He has three assists in his last 14 games, and he is making $10.5 million. Unbelievable. Last yeah. name we're going to talk about... And we only included him because we wanted the perfect trifecta of bust defensemen to make the list. Tony D'Angelo was Biebs' bust. ADP of 130. Biebs hated him so much that he made his bust a 130th overall pick. And he still, was, he still was a massive bust. His current rank, the worst of any player we've talked about today, 524th, 393 spots lower than his ADP. He is a healthy scratch almost always. And when he gets into the lineup, he plays maybe 10 minutes as a seventh defenseman. In fairness, he does quarterback the top power play unit. He's maybe not the worst streaming option when he gets in the lineup. But, (laughs) boy, has he been just not in the lineup. Like, he hasn't been horrendous. He has nine points in 20 games while averaging 14 minutes a night. Like It's insane. It's almost like exactly what I said in his bus episode is happening. They have six good D that they play every night. And they love Jalen Chatfield. And And Tony D just has, they sign him for a one-year contract in case something happens, in case. And shockingly, shockingly, I know you guys have never seen this before, but Brent Burns is actually pretty good at quarterback in the power play unit. So it's yeah, like, not it's not like it they need him. It so. um, no, it, it's uh, that's what it was for me when I originally kind of went at him. I, I basically said like, if, if you're drafting a guy at this point, you can't afford to have him healthy. And uh, just the way, the way it's working, he's getting healthy left and right. So uh, yeah, listen to us guys. We, uh, we sometimes know what we're talking about. 
sometimes. Um, sometimes. No, it feels, feels good to hit. I was telling the boys before the show, I was quite worried because when the year started, he was actually like looking. It was like, oh, this guy could be a, a re-breakout, I guess, um, when he was cooking quite quite heavy originally. But but now Tony's come back to us. Tony's uh, doing exactly what we thought Tony would do. Um, and yeah, sorry, Tony D. Hate to celebrate about you busting, but that's just what I'm going to do because, you know, that's what I do. He's canceled right. again. Let's yeah. close Bye out us. the show with a couple of fun responses to a tweet I sent out yesterday. Uh, we are nearly at the halfway point of the fantasy hockey regular season, and we wanted to know what your biggest mistake was so far this season, whether it was a draft mistake, drafting one of the players we just mentioned. Was it a bad drop, a bad trade? We wanted to hear the worst that you guys got. Here were the top 10 responses. Uh, Banger League, this guy drafted seventh overall. In the first, uh, second round, he grabbed Ovechkin, and in the third round, he grabbed Philip Gustafson. Gustafson's been better as of late. The problem is he dropped Gustafson before the coaching change. <laughs> Rough. And Ovechkin has not been very good. So Oof. not a great uh, not a great drop at all. I was yeah. going to say, why does Gustafson get mentioned here? He's been awesome lately. He's been like dropped him before the coaching the change. <laughs> Unbelievable. No, um, me, me and D play in a league where there's some suspect drops, but it also doesn't have waivers. Um, so sometimes guys go through and we're not paying attention. And someone dropped Gus and like a second later picked him up. I sent the text to D right away. I was like, "Hey, here's a classic this league scoop," and he said, "He just said, no waivers yeah. is madness. It's it's insane. uh, I mean, I when you play in as many leagues as we do, you're bound to to run into some bullshit. So yeah, you're yeah. gonna miss Gus. All right, the next we've right got here. traded Nachushkin and Sanheim for Dylan Cousins before Lekkinen got hurt. Mm-hmm. So Nachushkin wasn't on the mm-hmm. uh, top Terror. line. Nachushkin and Sanheim for Cousins before Lekkinen got hurt." And he also took Matt Kachuk over Kucherov, Matthews, and Rantanen. Ouch. That's tough. Yeah, been, a tough right now. been a tough fantasy season so far for Trevor. Ooh, um, I would like to shout out Nishushkin, though. 29 points in 30 games. He's turning out to be an absolute steal this draft. 15 of those are goals. He's, he's on the high end of goal scoring point per game. Let's go, Val. I have him in oh. every single league I play in. I would have done uh, both of those things, probably. Well... I maybe would have taken Matthews or Rantanen over Kachuk. That would have been a hard call, but certainly not Kucherov. And you know, he's just... I don't know if I would have traded Nachushkin and Sanheim for Cousins. If you would have... Early on, you probably would have. Cousins was off love... a really nice start. Yeah, I just love Nachushkin. I don't know. I have him in every league, so obviously I'm much higher on him than most, and it's worked out so far. Uh, dropped Talbot early on after just a few games and kept Samson off. <laughs> oh, boy. Tough. I don't know tough. why you would have dropped Talbot, but I mean... I'm sorry. Uh, that's not the energy you're looking for. We 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 feel for it. <laughs> no, I think that's just a case of, like they thought we were getting last year's he, Talbot. And you also drafted right. Like yeah, I, I love like Talbot. He's, like he's been good all year. Like there hasn't yeah. been. Yeah, like I love Talbot. It must have just in. been maybe it's a shallow league, and uh, you know you just weren't really expecting him to be great long term. And yeah, like if you pick him up in the 16th round, it's like you're looking, you sure. see somebody get off to a hot start. It's like, well, I'm obviously going to drop the 16th rounder that I picked up. But yeah, uh, if you listen to the show when I mentioned draft Talbot, maybe we should hold on to him for a little bit. Um, this The next one from Joe, apparently it's not trading Tage Thompson for a multitude of outstanding offers in my dynasty league. <laughs> in fairness, I think Tage is probably still going to be decent in dynasty. Yeah, we don't know what there. those offers were. But, yeah, uh... it sounds like they were plentiful. Yeah, I'm sure he's feeling better after tonight's game. You know, probably. Yeah, uh, like I said, it's dynasty. Tage is young. Um, you know, forty-five yeah. and forty-five guys, so you can chill. I'm assuming that the trade offers were massive, as you said. Um, yeah. multitude of outstanding offers. I love Jimmy that wording. Drafted Caprice off over Nylander or and Stutzla. I think that's fine. I would have did that. 
You'll I be fine. Did the same. Yeah. Uh, Caprice offered Newlander like a month into the season, and I'm I don't think I would offer it again right now. So no. yeah, you'll be fine, Jimmy. I wouldn't worry too much. He also traded Phil Peronic for Carter Hart. Needed a goalie. Ah, still think yeah. that's okay too. Peronic also, could, no one could have saw Peronic Carter Hart getting ill eight. I, I do think Kronik's going to come back to her. That I, I think his production, he's great defensive, don't get me wrong, but I think his production Early more than season, anyone on that sure. team has been a result of their high shooting percentage at 5v5. And for sure. uh, we talk about it all the time, but it's really, really hard to uh, maintain consistent fantasy value if you're not the top de- defenseman in terms of power play usage on your team. So I do think Kronik's going to come back to her. So I wouldn't worry too much about that one. Uh, and, you know, Flyers are better than expected, and Carter Hart, he should be healthy now. I think he's over that little flu he was battling. So yeah, I wouldn't worry too much about tonight, that one. It, it doesn't look great right now. And obviously, if you waited a little bit, you could have got more for Hronik. But I do expect him to come back down earth a little bit. Rob's in the shed is his name. He drafted Cam York <laughs> too early, hoping for a name? breakout. Well, Rob, Who? Cam York. Yeah, hasn't been breakout. He's actually yeah. been pretty good. He's playing 22 minutes yeah. a night. He's shooting the puck a ton lately, at least was. He um, he's been better. No, he's, he's, probably, uh, he's, he's a guy, I had him, him in last league. week's show as my, uh, one of my pickup, actually. So I think Yeah, I'm he's been better lately. But yeah, I mean, if you took him too early, that's probably too early. Uh, yeah. B. Keating says, Nick Backstrom, Patrick Liney, and Trevor Zegers all on the same team. Not good. Wow. Yeah, no. Yeah. <laughs> drop, 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 and drop on the same oh, team? Oh, this might be the worst one yet. Oh, boy. Ex-Kingslayer. Dropped Besser early in the season. Ooh, that might be the worst. That's the ex-Kingslayer. Yeah. That might be the worst one yet. He also yeah. traded Victor Hedman for Jacob Chikrin. Again, I best is another guy I expect to fall back down to earth, but obviously, you know, you could have gotten some amazing production a day and you could really, you know, sell, sell high, high on him right now. Yeah, that's a that's gotta be the toughest drop of the year, bar none. Um drafting line A over Reinhardt. That hurts. I liked yeah, Reinhardt a lot coming into the season too. I, I had him in my perfect drafts consistently. Yeah, but I might have I might have done that too. Like line line was a point per game sure. last year. Like yep. it's unfortunate. Uh, and like Sel- this Reinhardt breakout's crazy. Not breakout, but like <laughs> oh, this one's breakout. great. So he drafted line A over Reinhardt. Also sold Nurse and Bennett for Zuccarello, and then wrapped it up by saying, "I suck at fantasy hockey." <laughs> that was fine. <laughs> That was hey, fine. You have us yeah. here for so that you can fool people. And uh, I think I think once Zuccarello gets healthy, I'd, I'd rather that. Wait, he he got Zuccarello. Zuccarello's yeah. great. Maybe Nurse I'm, and I'm, Bennett. I'm sure Zuccarello. if he's worried about, out for yeah. a little bit, I'm sure there's some minutes. a lot of categories in that league. If he was worried about uh, losing Nurse, uh, but yeah, I mean Zuccarello is a point per game this year, so I, I guess it just depends on the format. It just hurt as hell now. But, the injury, uh, yeah. And then the last one before we head off to our Christmas break, the Biz now says I dropped Nachushkin. Ooh, yeah. Biz later. Rough. Yeah, not great. Not great. But anyways, I really, really appreciate all of you guys coming in and exposing yourselves. It's not easy to admit when you're wrong, which we did a couple times today. Uh, a couple guys we on the bus list, but also a couple, we, we, we nailed a few of these. So it always feels good to get a pat on the back and let you know that we're doing okay. Um, and I, I guess the only person I'm mad at is Anthony for dropping Talbot. Obviously, he picked him because I was telling him to pick him. And Talbot was, was my steal of the draft and dropping him early hurts hurts my heart yeah but you hit a nerve there yeah. on rock but anyways that is gonna do it for season nine tonight. episode no there you go <laughs> once again that was season nine episode 25 of the dfo fantasy podcast presented to you by our friends at betway if you're gonna place a bet bet on betway thank you guys so much for tuning in happy holidays to you all we will see you guys back after the christmas break i'm brock again we got dylan d birth and michael b's bondy thanks so much for tuning in see you guys back here next week Happy holidays and best of luck to you still alive in your fantasy football leagues. Peace.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.